You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. He is my work wife, James Hardigan. Greetings. I'm in Los Angeles. He is in London. James, how do you handle all the jet lag, huh? How do you do it? Is it hard? The trick is, Joe, you take off your shoes and your socks and you make fists with your toes. Fists with your toes. You know, I used to be one of those guys that uh, would like sneer at people who took their shoes off on planes. First fucking thing I do now, take those goddamn shoes off. Absolutely. Your feet expand when you're up in the air. So it's very important for comfort, especially on a long haul flight. And not just comfort, but genuinely your health, the circulation of your body. You can actually have some bad shit happen. Anyway, it's not a science show. It's a poker show. Kind of. Coming up on today's show. Yeah, kind of. Coming up on today's (laughs) show, we are more than halfway done with our poker in the ears. Platinum Pass, Ass Path, Cash Grab, Pizzazz Class. Woo! Results of this week's stream coming at you later on. Spoiler alert, I am so good at poker, and you all are getting straight staped. You missed out two words from that sentence. You are very good at play money poker. You are a mini Greenstein. I'm good at all forms of poker. I just happen to run hotter at play money poker. <laughs> uh, speaking of people who do things on the internet, see that connection? I made friends with an internet famous poker guy at Reen It Up Runo, and his name is Andrew Nimi. He's the guest on the show today. Great stuff. Uh, let's see. I had a flight from London to Los Angeles. I gave up drinking for a bit, so I was awake for pretty much the whole flight. Uh, (laughs) and I watched some stuff, including singing in the rain trivia on which Jim Vaughn from the United States of America will be facing off against me at later on in the show for super fan versus Stapes. Yes. This is the first in our series of, uh, five films that Joe Stapleton needs to watch before the age of 44. Singing in the Rain is up. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this film, and I look forward to your attempt to answer Patrick's ridiculously tough questions that I have in front well, of me. we might as well get into it right now. Okay. I, fell, I fell asleep three different times watching Singing in the Rain, and I wasn't even drunk. I watched it on the plane, and I will say this. I did not dislike the movie, but I thought it was fine. I thought that the the cast was incredibly talented and charismatic. Yes. The actual some of the actual interactions between them was was lovely and wonderful. I just thought the story was kind of flimsy and dumb and the songs maybe I had some some expectation bias cuz you told me how the musical was kind of cobbled together from a bunch of songs. Uh, that didn't really have anything to do with each other. That's what it feels like. And also, the songs aren't good. I'm singing in the rain. What a wonderful feeling. And I'm happy again. It's It's just not a good song. The dancing is great. That's what I'm saying. Don't focus on the lyrics. Focus on the performance. You've got superb genius dancers like Gene Kelly. Fred Astaire is great. Let me tell you. It's Gene Kelly, not Fred Astaire. (laughs) But. Do you agree with me that he's almost upstaged by the superb talent that is Donald O'Connor? Not not almost upstaged. Genuinely upstaged. Yeah. And I really wanted the movie to be about their 
travels from being little scamps, like little orphans, up into actually being Hollywood stars, which they totally gloss over in the first scene of the movie. That's the most interesting thing to me. The only thing I don't like about Singing in the Rain is the extended Broadway sequence where Gene Kelly is pitching... Welcome to New York. Hey, yeah, hey. How they're going to redo the movie. And that scene, I think, is a little bit self-indulgent and massively overlong. The rest of it, I think, is a sheer delight from start to finish. And I love the song and dance routine. My two personal highlights being uh, Moses Supposes, uh, where Gene Kelly and Donald O'Connor just show off their moves and make them laugh, where Donald O'Connor shows that, unfortunately, he arrived at a time where the musical was going out of style. And had he been in Hollywood 20 or 30 years previously, he would have been probably as big a star as Gene Kelly. Yeah, he he was really excellent. So Moses supposes is that the one where they are uh, backstage and they're crashing through the various set pieces? It's the one where they're tra- they're, they're taking di- uh, di- diction classes, where they're learning how to pronounce properly, and they basically. Oh, that one's good. Yeah. 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 Um, well, anyway, we've got the quiz coming up a bit later on. Uh, we'll talk to Jim Vaughan and find out if he is a fan of the film. Uh, what other movies did you watch? Well, we're talking about films you watched on the plane. I watched three movies, all of which I thought were okay. One of which is probably only okay, and the other two are good. Uh, but I just thought they were fine. I watched Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Fine. Um. Uh, yeah, maybe even worse than fine. Maybe one of the the worst Marvel movies, but still pretty watchable, especially for a plane. But then, James, I decided I was going to go out of my wheelhouse and I was going to watch something that's come very highly recommended to me by lots of people. I watched the movie Creed. I'm surprised you haven't seen this already because this movie is three years old. I actually saw it when it came out in the cinema in Toronto. After the premiere of Kid Poker, I had a free afternoon and went to the cinema there and actually really enjoyed it. I'm not a huge fan of the Rocky franchise at all, but I thought this film had something about it. I don't I don't get boxing movies. There are more boxing movies than there are actual boxers. Like every fucking year <laughs> there's a boxing movie that, and I don't understand it. That sounds ridiculous, but it's almost correct. They're all the same. It's all like you got to work hard, you got to be disciplined, you got to want it more and like it's the same fucking thing over and over again. And so while I didn't think Creed was particularly bad, um, I, it was, it was fine. And you know what? I got to judge it on James. I watched this movie on a plane. I did not cry. Wow. I an, did not cry. During an Creed. emotional Joe Stapleton was not moved at all. I have no movie reviews to offer because I'm still lost in the world of Red Dead Redemption 2. I am sort of <laughs> taking breaks the occasional burst of succession on TV. And I know I'm about six months behind. Everyone else was talking about succession back in the spring. I'm only watching it now. I'm very much enjoying it, but my God, do I hate every single character in it with a passion. There's a a character, I think, give it two more episodes that you're like, you really get attached to one of the characters. Because at Um, the moment, I just, it's, it's like billions on speed in terms of the hatred and loathing that I have for the entire cast. Can, um, uh, can you tell can you tell everyone what I'm doing on my um, on the webcam right now? You are massaging your wrist. I've been playing so much Spider-Man. Oh right. That my wrist and like palms are actually sore from all the button mashing. So wow. I guess we're both on a video game kick wow. right now. Uh, we did manage to go out though, Joe, before you went back to America. We had a night out. Was it Thursday of last week when we went to karaoke? Yeah, uh, it was Thursday because I flew on Friday, yeah. Yes, so we had a nice night out um, with a nice meal and singing afterwards. A great meal, great meal. And I look, I got to toot my own horn for a second because I said I wasn't going to drink for a little while. I managed to go to dinner and karaoke, did not drink. I believe James 
was sober that night as well. I did. I had one drink. When we first got to the restaurant, I had an espresso martini because I needed to be woken up. James and his espresso martini is amazing. Uh, fantastic. And Scott Goodall uh, joined us eventually. And I don't know if he's going to get mad at me for telling people this. He said he wouldn't care. So we were talking about the Isle of Man, and I brought up that movie from the Isle of Man. What was it? Uh, Mindhorn. Mindhorn. And he goes, oh, I was supposed to be in that movie. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, so apparently he used to, before he worked for PokerStars, he was like in a hotel, and a casting woman came up to him for some Jude Law movie that was shooting nearby, and they, they hired him. He's like a security guard. In this movie, where uh, I think Jude Law like kicks his ass or something. So Scott there's actually has so many stories of for things he did before he worked for PokerStars. So and hilarious! Again, because I don't know what he's happy to share and what he isn't happy to share, I won't reveal any of them on this podcast. But yes, the man has a history. I mean, he has an IMDb page, so I'm not really saying anything. That oh, you is see, I know, I know there, other but... things. Wow. Okay. But anyway, this is really interesting. And then apparently he was supposed to be in Minehorn and he got his job at Poker Stars and he like canceled like hours beforehand. Wow. The woman li- literally told him, you'll never work in this town again. And he is still working in the Isle of Man. I am surprised, considering Scott's background, that he did not stay for karaoke. It was actually quite a small little group and I thought it was very pleasant. It was very pleasant. It was good. And the best part was that the people who came, they were all real into it, other than me. I I, I was like, you know what? My voice was starting to, to fall apart because we had done two days of voiceover. Yep. And it was a loud dinner and a loud bar. And then uh, I was worse at karaoke than usual. So I, I was not uh, enjoying singing. But James loves karaoke. And James also loves choosing songs that are about gender bending. No, first of all, I always <laughs> do. I always do Sweet Transvestite from Rocky Horror. But there is a running gag in the office that I will occasionally just blurt out random lines from Shania Twain songs. So it was Alan. <laughs> Alan from the team is the one who put on Man, I Feel Like a Woman. What can you do? When someone puts that song on and puts a microphone in your hand, you can't say no. No, and that's what I like about our group for karaoke. Nobody's shy. Everybody just goes for it. So you're going to be back in London um, next week, and I think a group of us are probably going to come and watch you in your top-secret stand-up gig. That's right, Top Secret Comedy Club, Covent Garden. The first time ever where the promoter said to me, you you don't really have to invite people. We kind of have a full club every night. Anyway, tickets are one pound. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that, and I think... Uh, if some folks want to go play poker afterward, I think I'm going to take whoever wants to go over to the Hippodrome and just get a small cash game going. I talked to Carrie Jane and she said they're really busy because of the festival being on. Yeah, of course. And so they so they can't guarantee me that I, I was like, can I run like a little tournament or a sit and go? And she was like, honestly, I, it's, I, I probably can't do that. But come on by afterward and we'll see what we can do for you. So if um, folks want to come play poker, I think we're going to play poker afterward. Can we quickly now, while I remember, agree on whether we should go upstairs or downstairs when we get to the comedy club? Ooh, I don't know, but yes, you should say talk. I mean, I'll be performing in both, I believe, I think is how it works, is that they, they run two shows. Uh, so the downstairs uh, is the only one I've been to, and I know that that room is pretty packed and pretty good, and it was not warm because it's in the basement so i i I would i'd recommend i'd say downstairs okay because i don't know what upstairs is like okay uh just before we move on star code paralada p-e-r-a-l-a-d-a let's bring on this week's guest joe um 
we were hoping that we'd speak to him while you were actually in Reno running it up because he was there with the rest of the Run It Up gang. He is someone we've been wanting to speak to for some time. Unlike many people in the poker world these days who are putting themselves out there on Twitch, he's best known for his content on YouTube. He takes photos, he makes vlogs, uh, he's a very good friend of Jeff Gross, very pleased to have him on Poker in the Ears. Please welcome to the podcast, Andrew Nimi. Greetings, guys. How's it going? Andrew, thanks so much for doing the show. I'm so glad I met you at Running Up Reno because, uh, first of all, I confess to you that I, I haven't watched much of your stuff because I just don't consume a lot of poker stuff when I get there, but I've heard such great things about you. Everybody likes you. Um, and so I was really lucky that I got seated next to you. Uh, so I guess my first question for you would be, how did I play? I love it. Blow smoke up your ass and then come straight out with it. Please tell me I played poker well. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I actually think uh, you did play poker well. Uh, you did suck out of me on a big pot, but uh, I think it was actually pretty standard. Um, so yeah, I think you, I think you did well. You played solid from what I saw. And it was good meeting you up there as well. Yeah, man. Look, I uh, if you can, just for people who maybe haven't heard from you uh, of you, because we want to to spread the love and we want to do, you know, just sort of give good, talented people their due. What what's your deal? <laughs> what is my deal? Uh, my deal is that I have been living in Las Vegas for I guess about ten years now, and grinding the live poker games here in Las Vegas for that entire time. And about two years ago, I started making videos about that pursuit on YouTube. And the videos are sort of a mixture of some strategy stuff, some lifestyle stuff, and a little bit of travel all wrapped up in uh, uh, a vlog package. And I try to put those out once or twice a week. What was the idea behind making those videos, Andrew? Were you doing it for yourself were you hoping to build a fan base were you hoping to monetize it somehow yeah i think um when i think back of like back to like where i was when i uh started making those videos it was sort of a combination of um you know some selfish reasons and uh some some reasons that i thought people might be into um i was i was getting a little bit burnt out on the on the straight grinding of the cards and yeah. i felt like i was missing a little bit of creativity in that pursuit um, so I was watching, uh, a couple of, uh, mainstream video creators on YouTube and, uh, thought that maybe capturing what I was up to, um, on the, uh, the live poker grind playing like low to mid stakes. Uh, I thought I could capture that in a, in a new and in interesting way. And I thought that some people might dig it. Um, so yeah, it was like trying to find a creative outlet and, uh, applying a spotlight to something that wasn't really captured in a, um, a very high quality way that I had seen so far, which was grinding two, five and five, 10 games. Um, most of the media was, I think focused on more high stakes games, some high stakes tournaments. Um, nothing was really, you know, capturing, uh, the games that most people were playing. Andrew, you said that you saw a couple of other mainstream YouTubers, uh, that sort of inspired you. Who were those? Yeah, the main guy is someone uh, called Casey Neistat. Um, he's, I think he's got maybe 10 million subscribers on YouTube now. Uh, at oh. the time, he probably had like yeah, maybe 3 million or something. Um, but he's a professional filmmaker for like 15, 15 years out of New York City. Um, and he brought his filmmaking talents to the daily vlogging world on YouTube. And yeah, he was the, he was the main inspiration. Um, so I sort of 
uh, stole a few of his uh, tips and tricks that he readily shared in his vlogs and uh, applied that so to the poker. So you're kind of a combination of that guy and like Chocolate Rain. Chocolate Rain. You don't remember him? The Annoying Orange? <laughs> I'm just going way back to the original YouTube I remember the, guys. I, yeah, I remember that song. I'm not sure how <laughs> he fits in <laughs> in my poker vlogs, but... Just, uh, uh, just sure. it, it fits in in just a, a terrible joke sort of way. Uh, James, what were you about to ask Andrew before I derailed things? I mean, Andrew, your, your theory was obviously correct because people did and still do enjoy watching your content. And I find it interesting in an era where there are so many people trying to make a name for themselves on Twitch that you've carved out this niche as the YouTube guy. Right, yeah. Um, it's, I guess it's just... Uh, something that I've paid attention to, um, you know, I, th I think I also take a little bit of inspiration just from, just from movies in general. Um, I think I pay a little bit more attention to, um, the way like a scene is edited or the way, um, uh, a music track is, is put over a certain scene and what emotion that is meant to stir, you know, these, these things. Um, yeah. so I think it just, it speaks to me a little bit more, um, I guess than your average person, but, uh, the, the editing is, uh, a, a workload, uh, for sure. To put it to put it lightly, so. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it properly, uh, absolutely, it's a lot of effort. Uh, here's the here's the weird thing, Andrew. So you talk about living in Vegas for the last ten years. I want to talk about what happened before that because here's something you have in common with Joe Stapleton, an American abroad, because you lived and worked in London for a while. That's right. I graduated from Michigan State University, and my last semester uh, of credits was an internship in. London. Um, I was working for a music promotion company. Um, so we were tasked with uh, getting artists new releases into hands of like radio DJs and uh, student union bars and all these different things. Um, so yeah, then they hired me after my internship was over um, for about six months and stayed there until the work visa I was on expired. Then back to LA. Um, LA is like, I guess, kind of home base for music industry. Um, worked there for about four years. And then uh, was kind of playing poker along the way, just recreational, and just started playing more and more cards as the uh, economy sort of started doing worse around 2008. And that's when I ended up making the leap into, into poker full time. And here's the bizarre thing you have in common with James Hartigan, that you started playing on a little known poker site called Bugsy's Club. Now, oh, wow. I... I am going to suggest. I'm going to form the theory that you were significantly more successful on that site than I was, because I'm pretty sure I, in the brief time I played there, deposited about four hundred dollars, and I lost four hundred dollars. <laughs> that I, well, then yes, I was definitely more successful. And, uh, <laughs> no shit. That, that is, in fact, where I got my start. That's that's pretty funny. You don't meet too many people that. Uh, also what was the there. what was like the hook for Bugsy's Club? Well, for me, it was because late night poker was a big thing on UK TV, and the Hendon Mob, Barney, Ross, Ram, they were big stars, and the Hendon Mob had an affiliate deal with Bugsy's Club. So if you were reading their website and on their forum you were directed to Bugsy's Club. So that's where I think I made my first ever real money deposit. Yeah, it was a very small site. Um, it's, I think it was also attached to some sort of like poker school, online poker school thing, they called it. And uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a berry patch for me. Um, and that's indeed where <laughs> I got my start. I ran up my first, my first bankroll there. And um, 
that's when I was playing online. Online poker was definitely easier back then, and that site was the easiest that I had found. And uh, I definitely did well on there, but I, I also think it gave me a little bit um, a sense of overconfidence. Um, just because when I when I moved to Vegas, it wasn't quite as easy. Isn't that uh, helpful though? Isn't being confident helpful in a certain way? Like, isn't it better to think you can than think you can't? Um, I think yes and no. Um, I think it's definitely helpful in giving you the push to get out there and uh, um, start trying something, and it's it'll show you like what what you're good at, what you're maybe not so good at. It's going to expose you, and it uh, poker definitely exposed me. I mean, I don't know. As a kid in his late twenties, early thirties, moving to Las Vegas and playing live poker. Um, I mean, I was probably I was winning in the the one two and one three games off the bat, but I was also doing a lot of things that a professional poker player probably shouldn't be doing. Uh, whether that's like not getting enough hours at the table or just spending too much money, uh, having too many drinks in Las Vegas bars, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it definitely I was I was spinning my wheels for a decent amount of of time, and I don't think the uh, the overconfidence um, really helped in some of those regards. So you were you were fun back then, and now less fun. <laughs> Definitely, I mean, I think in order to uh, to be successful in a lot of things, you sort of have to cut out a lot of uh, things that um, take time away from the pursuit itself. And there's certainly a lot of those things available in Las Vegas that uh, I was not uh, shying away from. I've just realized that directly or indirectly, you probably ended up with the four hundred dollars I put on that site. So you're welcome, Andrew <laughs> Neamey. <laughs> That is much appreciated, sir. So, Andrew, if uh, if you could uh, choose between being a uh, the the top of your industry as a poker player or the top of your industry as an entertainer, which would you prefer? Uh, I would probably say as an entertainer. Um, I just. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong either way. Um, for me personally, I think it all depends on the individual person, of course. And for me personally, like I said, I was a little bit grind, uh, burnt out on just the straight grinding. And being able to have this creative outlet where you're connecting with people literally all over the world, um, you know, getting messages and feedback from, from people on the other side of the world. And uh, yeah, just sort of scratching that itch of the, the creative side of things. Um, it's been a pretty big game changer for me personally, but that's not to say that there's anything wrong with, uh, somebody who just straight plays the cards and, and loves that pursuit. Um, that's just, yeah, uh, my sort of personal, uh, side to this, this, uh, this pursuit. So what if it came to a point though, where you were, um, not playing poker at all, but just creating the content, would you be happy with that? Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, it's tough to say right now, though, um, because this is this is a really cool uh, sort of mix of the two, um, getting out and still being able to go play cards pretty much whenever I want, and then making the content about that. Um, if the content ended up sort of naturally moving in some other direction, um, what direction that is, I have no idea at this point. But I mean, I've always been somewhat interested in like startup companies. So if um, the, I, I had an idea for a business and decided to use this same sort of blueprint for creating content around a cool business idea or like a bar or something in Las Vegas. 
who knows? I think that would be really fun and uh, an interesting direction to take things. But I think it'd have to be something naturally. I don't think I would just start making content about, uh, you know, something like cryptocurrency. Um, it's like no, but sure. But what about. if someone said, "Hey, you're very talented. Why don't you direct a movie?" Uh, if someone had like some sort of a vision for something, and I completely saw the vision for what they were trying to create, I would for sure be open to it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think I think what will maybe end up happening is there's some sort of theme in the videos that I'm creating, and I really enjoy talking about that aspect, and then it'll sort of naturally naturally lead down that path. So no chance of things going full circle and you ending up back in the music industry? Anything's possible. I mean, I, I had no idea where we would be uh, two years prior to this when I started this project. Um, so I think, I think it's like really important to stay open-minded and just sort of um, pay attention to what sort of things are speaking to you and which aspects you really enjoy creating and talking about. Um, so I, everything's, everything's on the table at this point. I don't want to say no, definitely not to anything. And what about poker goals? What, you know, let's say that, uh, you know, if, uh, the whole YouTube thing is just doing kind of okay, where would you like to see poker go for you? Uh, I think for me, I've always been, um, one who is always trying to grow in whatever is my pursuit at the time. So if it's, it's been poker for a lot of years. And so that would mean moving up in stakes and continuing to do that. And, um, currently playing five ten in Vegas right now. Um, there's the occasional like currently means right now, right this second, he's at a five ten. <laughs> <save up> the <laughs> There's there's five there's lots of five ten games there's uh, not too many ten twenty games and above but there are some occasionally um, so hopefully starting to take some shots in those games in the very near future um, there's plenty of bigger games in California I think and that's sort of the goal is to keep uh, keep pushing it and having that progression it's also good for the storyline in the in the videos rather than just going to play five ten games every single day and talking about hands. Um, I think the audience wants to see some sort of progression and storyline. So that's that's the that's the goal at the moment. How much do you massage the storylines? Do you ever do or not do something specifically because it's better for the story? Uh, I don't really think so. I mean, there's so there's you know there's lifestyle stuff. There's always like interesting things to go and uh, check out around Las Vegas, capture some of my uh, favorite bars. There's new bars that open. There's, you know, always some sort of, uh, I don't know, who knows? There's like a new zip line on the the strip. Maybe, maybe we should go down there and ride the zip line and capture that for the vlog or something. Um, so there's just always, it there's, doesn't seem like you have to really force yourself to find weird and interesting ideas. Um, it's a, a city like Las Vegas sort of presents a really good backdrop for a project like this um, when it comes to finding ideas to do things. And one thing that uh, I found interesting sitting next to you while you were doing the blog that I asked you then, but I think the audience may have the same question is, do you ever see what I admired about it, I guess, is that you weren't shy about taking the video. There's a lot of times that I kind of want to take video and I'm just like, oh, this kind of feels stupid or I feel lame. Do you ever like sort of have any shyness or embarrassment factor with getting your camera out? It's for sure a little bit awkward um, when you're like walking down the strip and there's so many people around and you're pointing a camera at yourself and talking into it. Um, that awkward factor is 
is uh, it was for sure there when I started, and it's 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 uh, gone away a little bit, but it's definitely still there. Um, I think about Run It Up Reno, the the event there is it's sort of built around content creators, so it's definitely less awkward in that environment. Right. Um, that that makes it a lot easier. Um, but yeah, some people are better at that than others. Some people just don't care what other people think, and that's sort of <laughs> that's sort of the goal. Um, it you know it becomes easier over time. Um, and then, yeah, some people find it super awkward, but I think it's tough to not find it at all awkward in the beginning when you're starting a project, but you just got to like kind of keep doing it anyway. I guess it's like anything else, like stand up comedy. You just got to get up there and do it, even though it's awkward. Um, that yep. makes sense. Uh, Andrew. So, well, James, we ready to do my dumb game? I said one more question, actually, Andrew, before sure. we get to that, because uh, Joe and I are going to talk in a moment about the, uh, free roll league that we're running for podcast listeners, giving away a platinum pass, but you and Jeff recently gave away not one but two platinum passes we did yeah it was a it was a fun competition we gave away to um two people to uh pick up this vlogging thing try out uh talking into a camera and uh it was awesome we had a massive response we had something like 200 people uh get into this and we picked two winners um so two people going out of the bahamas fantastic uh, was it a tough decision it was a very tough decision. Um, you know, when you, you've, I've put a lot of uh, time and effort into this vlogging thing, and you are encouraging people to um, pick up a camera, whatever kind of camera it is, and just start talking into it and uh, submit a, some videos. You just you have pretty low expectations for how those videos are going to come out. <laughs> um, but we were really impressed with what people put together. Um, there's people, again, all over the world, so many different countries that uh, submitted videos, and the quality was way higher than anything I was expecting. Um, so yeah, the two winners, uh, Matt Kiefer, his videos were just super uh, styled in his own way. Um, really cool uh, guy out of the Midwest. And then we have Oliver Biles, who um, actually he did some acting work previously, and so he like he created all these characters for his videos, um, these different skits. Um, so that was awesome as well. But yeah, it was definitely tough to uh, to pick. And are you going to be with them in the Bahamas? I will be down there. Uh, I'm going to shoot some stuff with these guys. Uh, they'll they'll be in my vlog. Hopefully, I'll be in their vlogs. And uh, yeah, it should be pretty cool. Fantastic. Okay, Joe, what have you got lined up for Mister Nemi? All right, so when we were in uh, in Reno, couldn't help but notice that everyone was super branded, right? Everyone had names for like the, their they had these catchphrases and T-shirts and names for their fans. There's the like the Running Up Warriors. There's the Thirst Thirst Lounge Thirsters. The Jamie Staples Paper Fasteners. They're all everybody. And I was <laughs> racking my brain trying to come up with a name for Andrew Nemi's fans. Is there um, already and- a name for Andrew Nemi's fans before we get into this? I don't think there's a name for the fans. I mean, I do have the uh, the catchphrase, or the catchword at least, which is favorable. Favorable, right. That's yeah. his thing. Fa- favorable. Now, I, I, I basically, I pitched Andrew a, a name for his fans that he wasn't a huge fan of, but I made right now a game <laughs> oh, God. that sort of would lead us to other names for Andrew's fans. He's going to get the first question because we went over it already in Reno. He's going to know what I'm talking about. But basically... Uh, it's the, the name of the game is called Call Me By Your Nimi. Okay? And all it is is we're going we're gonna to come up with some fun little uh, different stupid names for Andrew's fans. For example, question one. If Andrew Nimi's fans were going to have a Monty Python-themed name, what would they be called? 
Oh, God. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Themed name. What would they be called? I am so terrible at this sort of thing. Joe, Joe, you are, Joe, you are way better at this sort of thing than I am. That, that's okay. I, this is the one I already pitched to you once. This is uh, this is the Knights Who Say Nimi. All right, that's your example question. Don't worry. Jesus. Don't no, worry. Wonder, no wonder the man said no. By the way, the, the whole thing about this game, Andrew, is that it's all—they're all terrible. Okay, so don't <laughs> right. worry. That, it's not—it's not your fault. It's not your fault that you won't get some of these. It's my fault. Okay, it's my fault. Okay, let's hear the next right. one, Joe. Question number two. If Andrew Nimi's fans spent most of their time running around the WB water tower and had names like Yakko, Wacko, and Dot and Pinky in the Brain, they'd be called... <laughs> I give up. Is it the Animaniacs? The Animaniacs? I also would have accepted the Animaniacs. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> this is... This is top quality stuff here. Question number three. If Andrew Nimi's fans didn't have enough red blood cells in their bodies to properly oxygenate themselves, they'd be called the... The anemics. Yes, yes, the sickle cell anemics. Yes, he's on the board. Here we go. Question number four. If Andrew Nimi's fans chose to solely inhabit an archipelago nation in the Pacific Ocean, that eats a lot of sushi. They be called the. It's not coming to me. We're looking for the Japanimis. The Japanimis. Ooh. Question, Brutal. Question number five. If Andrew Nimi's fans only wore tight denim pants, specifically with slim defined legs, they might be known as the. I'm, I'm going to throw in a towel here. <laughs> I would have accepted the skinny me jeans, the skinny nimi jeans, or the skinny me genie me. <laughs> oh, man. I take it you won't be adopting any of these names for your fans anytime soon. Look, we've got more choices. There are more choices. Oh, There's two more. There's still two more. Wow. Question, okay. Question number six. If Andrew Nimi's fans were also huge fans of the 1990s sitcom starring Fran Drescher as a babysitter for a rich New York family, they might be called... Nope. Go on. The, the, the Nannimis. The, the Nannimis. Never, never watched The Nanny? The Nannimis? Okay. Uh, and finally, I think you can get this one, Andrew. Here we go. A mortal enemy of any of the above Andrew Nimi fans would be known as their arch... Nemesis. The arch Nemesis. All right, there we go. Okay, we got back. We got things back on track. Hey, Andrew, once again, I just remind you, it's not you. It's me, okay? Hey, thanks, buddy. Thanks for being on the show. No, it is uh, It is definitely you. Uh, you're a very talented man, Joe. I look forward to... Uh, <laughs> I look forward to paying uh, money to uh, come see this happen live at some point. I need to come catch the show. <laughs> I think you might. Now, we can't say too much on the air, but I think you might be seeing me live on Friday night. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, looking forward to a little uh, secret set happening somewhere. Excellent. Very good. Andrew, thanks a lot, buddy. My pleasure. Well, time now, Joe, for a little bit of a, a live stream recap because Game 5 of the Poker in the Ears Free Roll League is now complete. 
By the way, big congrats to Noel Nofo. Oh, yeah. Um, Noel actually tweeted, amazing free roll. Still can't believe I took both bounties. Definitely a dream of mine to play on the same felt as Igor Kurganov, let alone take his bounty. Noel, in a field of 900 players, to somehow get drawn against both myself and Igor, eliminate both of us and claim $100 in bounties, that is solid work. And Noel's taken money off of me before, too. I, I assume that if he had collected a bounty from me, he'd have mentioned that as well. But he's definitely beat me in a bunch of those cash game pots. Yeah, too. I think every time you've been at the Joe Zone cash tables when they've been running, I think Noel's been there and yeah. uh, seems to put in a solid performance. So after five games, the leaderboard has been updated. A reminder that the best place to check it out is via the PokerStars blog. Art Shrank currently leads with 31 KOs. In second place is Aries Vateur with 26 KOs, who I assume is Toki Jensen because he tweeted today, I'm in second place. Holy Woo! shit. Uh, so good luck to you, sir, as we head into the final three games. Now, there were Sunday Storm tickets awarded, Joe, to the final 18 in Game 5. Evil Roy, thanks for another great session. I think someone needs a nudge on the Sunday Storm tickets. There was an indication of a possible 24-hour delay, but I still don't see it. Any help or ideas appreciated? Two things. First of all, the tickets oh have now been credited. Number two, why the fuck do you need a ticket for the Sunday Storm on a Wednesday? I, I don't have an answer for that question, James. I hope it was rhetorical. Patience, Evil Roy. Patience. Anyway, as I said, tickets have now been credited. Uh, by the way, let's give a, a round of applause to Igor Kurganov. The Igor voice, was fucking great. What the philosophy, value. the analysis, he, the high roller bonus coverage that we got out of him. I was going to say, he could have bailed at any point, you know, after the free roll was over. He played in the other stuff. He played in the $10, right? The 10 and a bit. He get a, got in on that. Did he get it in the $5 foot long as well? We but didn't run then the we $5 got... foot long this week, sadly. Yep. Then we got to, well, I wouldn't know because I was sitting over here playing. I was winning hundreds of thousands <laughs> over here. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, then we got to watch him play the new 1K tournament. It, go off for three bullets in that. So, uh, yeah, Igor was fucking great value. Thanks, buddy. Yes, I will read you this coverage of the Twitch stream on the PokerStars blog, which refers to Igor firing off bullets in the 1K Monday 6 Max. On the subject of big buy-in events, Joe made a deep run in the 20K high roller, exhibiting his A-game throughout and finishing second for a six-figure score. We should probably point out at this stage that we're talking about a play money event in the home game club. But another solid play money performance, Joe. It, it's kind of how I run in the Superfan versus Stapes quizzes. Like, I always run the questions I would know the Superfan gets. Like, the flips that I do win are in play money poker. And you also managed to straight stape some people. <laughs> Although I still have an issue of people being straight staped when you don't actually make a straight. Winning a hand with two pair is not getting straight staped. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go over this one last time. When I make a straight on you, that's getting straight staped. But if I just stape you, that's getting straight staped. So it, there's a difference between getting straight staped and and getting straight staped. It it, it it's subtle. Um please listen to <laughs> all of this episode for essential details on game six, including the star code that will issue a ticket 
to our next $500 free roll on Monday, the 12th of November. Joe is back in the world of real money gaming. There will be. I might just pl I might just play fake money anyway. I think is really I should just stick to what I'm good at. Well, sorry, you haven't got a choice in the matter because you will be pre-registered <laughs> for the free roll as a $50 bounty. As will J. Hartigan and Jake Cody, who will be our All guest. All right on the stream please watch the stream twitch.tv slash pokerstars 7.30 UK time 8.30 PM Central European time via that you will learn the password and also by watching the stream you get to see that bike in the background which I may be selling on eBay soon it will be going for quite a hefty price because it is the mountain bike that Gary Turnbuckle used when he set the world record for cycling around the rim of the Grand Canyon in 1995 a feat now commonly known as the GT time trial. All I'm saying is that he was lucky they didn't have the same stringent testing for PEDs back then because uh, it, when you look back at the footage, he's on he's clearly on something, right? I, w I will not hear a word said against Gary Turnbuckle. And speaking of bikes, I'm playing on live with the bike tonight, James. Oh, wow. Uh, you I'm did like that once before, right, and got absolutely crushed years ago, back in the day, right? A really long time ago, they lowered the stakes for me to play like one, <laughs> two, and, and yes, I got crushed for like $150, but they've also lowered the stakes for me this time. It's a five, five game. What do I need to like? I I'm, I'm going with $2,000, um, in a five, five game. But I mean, I that's really, you, you, yeah, I think that's the right amount of money to take, but you know, you could easily I lose. Can't that two thousand dollars can't really afford two thousand dollars so i'm hoping i'm gonna maybe like i'm trying to make a thousand dollars last no one will know well they'll probably know but at least my strategy is to play just so tight and sit there and what did i say grind camera time i was just gonna go grind grind camera time. that camera I mean, time unlike the last time i played poker on tv or on a stream i'm not the last time but the last time i played cash game uh i won't be hosting the show so i'll at least be able to like focus on the poker and and the bants a little bit more than uh being like and we're back from commercial break exactly uh so after that little diversion a reminder that we'll have more side events in our home game club on monday night as well club id is 2153820 the invitation code is hello my babies and right now we are going to say hello to this week's super fan one of them loves the ept knows it inside out and would do anything for the european poker tour the other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. Well, this week we welcome to Poker in the Ears, Mr. Jim Vaughan. Greetings, Jim. Hi, guys. Jim, I get excited when I see your name. because I don't know if this will mean anything to you, but uh, I keep thinking your name is going to be Jim Barney. <laughs> um, thankfully, I don't look like him, so that, that's good. <laughs> James, you know who Jim Varney is? I do know. I absolutely know who Jim Varney is. That is fucking fantastic. Um, I, I got a glimpse of your house uh, for a second ago when you had your camera on Skype. You're, it looks like you're a big fat nerd, huh? You got a blaster. I, and a, oh, man. I am a gigantic nerd. Well, of course you are. You listen to this podcast and want to be on Superfan vs. Stapes. I mean, story checks out. Nailed it. Would uh, you have rather done uh, Wookiee trivia? Ooh, I could have done Wookiee trivia. I was, uh, I've wanted to do Star Wars trivia or things like that. Other people have taken it. I was actually um, uh, talking to my wife the other day about how I should have done uh, Shaun of the Dead trivia. Ooh, well, now you were a shoo in because of Singing in the Rain. That's one of the reasons I picked it. I honestly did not think anybody else would ever take it. 
and although I had never seen the movie, I'm a I'm a gigantic movie nerd, and I like musicals. So this was a good excuse to go watch, you know, one of the greatest musicals. Uh, ever made. So I like that. I like that. Well, here's the thing, Jim. You did have competition. Other people did actually apply to do this movie. Um, wow. I do think it's beloved by a lot of people who watched it when they were growing up. Joe gave his thoughts on the film earlier on. Not a huge fan. What did you think of it watching it for the first time? I actually really liked it. I thought it was very well done, especially for a movie made in 1952. I thought a lot of the jokes still landed. I thought it held up really, really well. Uh, and I thought it had, you know, some some sort of meta notes in it. It kind of reminded me a little bit of a, a John Waters film at points. I tell you what, I agree with you 100%, Jim. And congratulations, you have won this week's round of <laughs> Superman versus Tapes. Fuck the quiz. He's nailed it. So uh, it's all good. Now, Jim, I am assuming, because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at detecting accents, that you are in the United States of America. Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Now, so here's the thing. We threw out the carrot of saying you can get a PCA satellite ticket and an EPT Prague satellite ticket if you apply to do one of these movies. I can't give you those prizes, buddy. Unfortunately, yeah. But I will make sure that should you crush Stapes in this game of Singing in the Rain trivia, that you get something decent from the PokerStars merch supply that we have in the cupboard down the corridor. Um, just very quickly, as well as being a huge nerd, as well as being a huge movie fan, what do you do with your life? Um, I used to be a professional filmmaker and a professional poker player. And then I realized that I needed to find something with a little bit more stability. So I've, I've gone back to terrestrial life and I'm actually working on getting my degree again, which I gave up on the first time around about 10 years ago. And what's that degree in? Um, right now it's uh, the medical field. Cool. That is a massive sideways shift. Yes. Well, uh, what do you what are you looking to do specifically in the medical field? Um, my wife is a uh, radiologic technician. Uh, oh yeah, does, they do all right. Know, yeah, she does X rays and all that kind of stuff, and she makes you know fairly decent money. So uh, you know, I, I figure I've got a a leg up with her already being in that business. So uh, just follow along, you know, grab onto the coattails and hope that I can do as well. Married into X rays, a very common story. Yeah. Okay, so here is the quiz. I did warn Joe earlier on that uh, I said to Patrick, don't pull any punches with this because I figured that both Joe and the superfan would have watched the film uh, just before the quiz. However, I think he may have liked taking it to the extreme. <laughs> um, so best of luck. Uh, you know how it works. You can get two points if you don't take the options. Uh, one point if you need the four multiple choice options. Uh, would you like to go... Uh, well, let's, let's just go with the numbers. So give me a number between one and and 10 superfan jim um it's always coming seven right always coming seven and here is your first question what was don's first job at monumental pictures uh he was a uh, 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 stage musician he was a musician and of course volunteered for the job as a stuntman whilst being a background musician in the cowboy scene so you get <sighs> two points joe which question would you can, like? Can you just pick the one I'm going to get? Because that was it. Is yeah, that's basically, one? that was my strategy. Let's okay. find the one that Stapes can answer. All right, let's give Joe the one he can answer then. This is question number four. <laughs> and the reason I know you're going to get it is because we discussed this earlier in the podcast. Which song oh, is performed when Don is practicing with his diction coach? 
Moses supposes. Congratulations, Joe. Even though right. you need to be reminded of that scene when we spoke earlier on, you have scored two points. Uh, what question would you like next, Jim? Uh, let's go three. Let's go with question number three. What key does Lena attempt to sing, singing in the rain in, in the final scene when Kathy's behind her? A flat. It is in A flat for two points. I would have known that one too. Okay, I'm, I'm looking up here. Give me deuces never loses. Deuces never loses. What is the full name of the director at Monumental Pictures? Oh, it's Pierre something. I'll take the choices. No, Pierre's the name of the character. Pierre. Pierre. Okay. Oh, that's uh, right. The choices. I'll take the choices. Robert Downing, Richard Derricks, Roscoe Dexter, or Rory Dents? Robert Downing. It is Roscoe Dexter. You do not score wow. a point. Not, not even close on that one. Uh, what question would you like next, Jim? Uh, let's go nine. Question number nine. How dare you. Who is the first person to arrive slash leave their car at the premiere at the beginning of the film? Zelda? It is Zelda for two points. Wow. Wow, you're good. Joe, what question would you like next? Uh, I would like question number one, please. Question number one. See, I take it as a win if I just remember which questions haven't been chosen. Like, I should get a half a point for that. Uh, for the record, five, six, eight, and ten are available after this. <laughs> uh, what is the date when Cosmo, Kathy, and Don start singing Good Morning? Oh, right, because it's... I can't believe we stayed up past 1 a.m. talking. Uh, I need the choices, though. Is it... March the 23rd, March the 24th, May the 23rd, or May the 24th? Uh, May. It's kind of warm out. Let's go with May 24th. No, it was March the 24th. Don thought it was March the 23rd, but of course, Kathy points out that, of course, we're now 1.30 a.m. And then the song, they start always... singing Good, Good Morning. You can always count on me to lose my flips. I knew it was the 24th. Lost the flip. Uh, so, five, six, eight, or 10? What would you like, Jim? Uh, let's go for eight. Okay, we're going a bit left field with these questions. I quite like where Patrick's going here. On Apple Music, the song from the soundtrack with the most listens is Singing in the Rain. In second place is Good Morning. Which song has the third most listens from the Singing in the Rain soundtrack? Ah. Uh... Let's do the choices. Is it All I Do Is Dream Of You, You Were Meant For Me, Moses Supposes, or Make Him Laugh? Ooh, I wanted to go with Moses Supposes. That was my first instinct. But let's go with Make Him Laugh. That seems For like For one something. point, you have scored on the board. Yes. Oh, my God. Joe, five, six, or ten? Five, please. Question number five. Singing in the Rain is listed in the top 100 movies of all time on IMDb. Which bracket does it appear in? In groups of 10. Uh, okay, go ahead. You want the options? Yes, please. Okay. 1 to 10, 31 to 40, 61 to 70, or 91 to 100? Oh, 
God. I, I'm narrowing it down between 1 to 10 and 31 to 40. Is it in the top 10? It could be. It could be in the top 10. I'm going to have to go 31 to 40. It was actually 91 to 100. The film is actually Ooh. ranked 93rd at the moment on the IMDb Top 100. That's what happens when you leave stuff to the choice of the people. Uh, Jim, your final <laughs> question. You can have 6 or 10. Uh, 10. Question number 10. Who says the opening line in the film? What's the name of that character? Ooh, uh, choices. I can't remember her name. Don Lockwood, Lena Lamont, Dora Bailey, or Cosmo Brown? Dora Bailey. It is Dora Bailey for a point. And Joe, the final question, which happens to be question 10. How old was Debbie Reynolds when this film was made? What's the score right now? You're losing by a considerable margin. Okay, so I can't win? I tell you what, I will give you five points if you can get it without the <laughs> options. <laughs> 19. She was 19, which means it was a very close game, and you only lose by <laughs> one point, Joe. But <laughs> crucially, Jim, it doesn't matter what the score is. Uh, by a margin of 8-7, to seven, you do win Superfan versus Stapes. I don't think there was any <laughs> doubt of that. And as previously mentioned, we will find some good swag uh, in our loot bag to send to the United States and to reward you for your knowledge of this movie. Uh, uh, excellent, guys. It's an absolute dream come true. I love the podcast. Uh, They're one of my absolute favorites. Thanks, Jim. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for making the time to come on the show. Absolutely. You guys have a great day. All right. We are almost out of time for this week's show. Coming up next time. Oh, what am I watching next week? <gasps> You've got a treat on your hands, buddy. Da, 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 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm glad you said that because I thought you were doing the theme from The Godfather. Um, <laughs> what? There, are there multiple versions of this movie? Is there no, like a director's? No. No, there's, okay. there's, there's, there's one version uh, which you can get on iTunes in 4K. You can get it on Blu-ray in 4K. Um, it's, uh, as I said to you when we were streaming on Monday... Having rewatched the film just this past weekend, it is a movie that takes its time, but it is a beautiful film to watch, and it's a very intelligent film. So much to talk about, so much to discuss. Really looking forward to you finally seeing this film and being able to talk to you about it. Well, I've got a ten and a half hour flight to England on Sunday. No, so don't watch it on a plane, dude. Watch it on a big screen. I don't. I. I don't know that I'm going to be able to watch it on a big screen. I got. Live at the bike tonight. I'm doing guest commentary on the live at the bike tomorrow night. Friday, I've got a super secret gig in Vegas. I'll tell you guys about next week, coming up on next week's show. Saturday, I have another weird gig in Vegas. And then Sunday, I fly to, fly to England. I literally have no free time between what now. What about while you're in the UK? We're not recording the podcast till Wednesday. Surely you might find a two and a half hour window to watch this film. Even your hotel TV Monday, will be preferable. Monday I land and do this stream. Right. Tuesday we have voiceover and I have a stand-up show. Wednesday is the podcast. Yeah, but we're not doing the podcast till the afternoon. Wednesday morning. The movie will be fresh in your mind, ready for the Superfan contest. Ugh, all right, maybe. All I'm saying is this is not a film that you should watch on an iPad screen on a plane. All right. All right, I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. Anyway, all that 
All that coming up on next week's show. We will have another free roll league game. Just mentioned that. It is the penultimate week of the free roll league. Time is running out. We will be recapping the last two PCA 2018 TV shows. The, not the final two, but the last two that aired. Maria yeah. Konnikova will be on our show to discuss those with us. I mentioned I'll be playing on Live at the Bike. Uh, the Vegas trip, the Monday free roll. You will need once again to add two characters to the password. Yes, very important PSA. I will ask you a question based on something talked about on this podcast. But yes, you'll need to add two characters to the password revealed on the stream on Monday. Until next time, subscribe, like, comment, give us some clicks. That's it for now, though. For James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later. Later.